It's Beer O'Clock and this is the Beer O'Clock Show coming to you all fresh and rested for a new season of Beer Chat. My name is Mark and joining me is my beer buddy and toast of Dublin town following last week's weekend's exploit, Steve. Hello, Steve. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, mate. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. You survived Ireland. Just about, yes. (laughs) Just Just about. about In one piece, yeah. (laughs) This season, as we noted... In last week's little preview episode is one full of Irish beers, and who better to join us tonight and for a few other episodes this season, but none other than our favourite beer podcasters from Ireland. We have, from the Irish Beer Snob podcast, Mr and Mrs Snob, Wayne and Janice. Hello, guys. Good evening, Mark. How are you? Hi, everybody. How are you? Fine. We're waiting... For the big man, Ian, from 11pm Somewhere podcast, but he's dragging his heels and he'll join us in due course, no doubt crashing through the audio gates. You know how he likes to make presence. an entrance. He'll make his presence yeah. very well known. So it's really nice to have you both. Um, now, as I said, this season we're featuring Irish beers, with six of them being reviewed throughout the season, mixed in with our usual array of beery delights. And our Irish friends here are going to be our occasional co-hosts. Kicking off the season, kicking off the year in style with Galway Bays of Foam and Fury, a beer which everyone on Twitter seems to be talking about, no doubt purely because we're featuring it this week. It's getting itself a little course, bit mate. of a rep amongst the Twitter elite, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's long since been established, hasn't it, over the past five seasons of the craft of, of craft beer show? What's that? That's something new <laughs> I've just invented. Of, of the beer o'clock show. The, um, where where we lead, others follow. So you, you know we've 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 taken again the decision to do the Irish craft beer scene, and lo and behold, everybody's talking about Irish craft beer. So oh, we are once again um, leading the field. <laughs> we are the trendsetters. Now let's kick off the show. We've got a few little bullet points to go through. Let's start with Wayne and Janice. What are the top beers you've drunk over the last? month or so oh difficult question um there's been some fantastic well uh i'm I'm probably going to go back to what i wrote in golden pints like there's so many good beers coming out now at the moment like we're trying one of the best in the country tonight it's a really appropriate show launch in, in terms of it's got exceptionally good feedback on rate beer um the European Beer Bloggers Conference was in Dublin last July and got very good feedback from the likes of uh, Matt Curtis and Chris Hall, who were over, necking plenty of it. I suppose my favourite beer that I've drank in the last 30 days is probably a special by a brewery called Kinniger from Donegal, rural northwest Ireland. They've got a black rye IPA called Black Bucket, and it's an extremely limited special edition beer. Um really enjoyed it had even it was my last drink of the night on saturday night and i've got a couple of bottles squirreled away but that's one of my favorite beers recently my favorite beer of 2014 though was the full irish um ipa by eight degrees brewing um, i think it's our our answer our equivalent to punk ipa in terms of it's 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 a new departure for the brewery but it's it's just 100 percent irish malt a lot of american hops Really, really amazing beer, um, and it's available all the time now, which is which is good because it was only a one-off batch that they brewed, and then the feedback was so good they kept it going, which is what you want. And Janice, uh, for me, it was uh, you've actually said full Irish. That was one of my favourites as well. But I actually really enjoyed Bow Bristol's 
festival special that they had. They had um, an imperial red ale, which is absolutely amazing. Um, and you can't. I, I there in the Norseman a mm. couple of weeks ago as well on draft, and again it was just as good as it was when it was launched back in September. Yeah, I think there might be one or two kegs floating around, but there's not much of that left in Ireland at the moment. <laughs> no, no thanks to Janice, obviously she's had her fill. <laughs> so how about you, Steve? I, uh, I've I've had a relatively quiet January. I, I didn't go completely dry this year, but I, I I did have a thing where I wasn't actually actively drinking at home. Um, so I was only at, actually drinking while I was out. So I've, I've not really got a great deal to report. I think probably a, a couple of the standouts were two of the beers that I did as part of the 12 Beers of Christmas this year. So um, the, the first one that leapt to mind was one of the Siren Limited Editions called um, Odyssey 001, which was a, a, an imperial barrel-aged stout, as, as you would expect from Siren. But then what they did right at the end of it, they blended it with Liquid Mistress, which is their red IPA, um, to give it this this sudden hoppy hit. And, and that combination just worked so well. Um, I was a little bit disappointed that I, I drank it so early on, actually, because it's probably one that would have done with done very well with going on the shelf for a couple of years just to let those flavours develop a bit more. Um, and then the other one, and this was a real standout for me, and it seemed appropriate to end the year on this beer as well. It was the last beer I drank in 2014, and it was it was Camden Town's Beer 2014, which was a, a barrel-aged box-style lager. Um, came in a massive bottle, which I destroyed on New Year's Eve. But it was just this, this beautifully sweet... Um, dark lager that was the only thing I can relate it to was like drinking JD and Coke. Um, it was that easy and it was it was that good to drink and for, for me, like I say, I think it just typified probably one one of the breweries that had, had the biggest impact in twenty fourteen on, on the beer scene over here, which was Camden Town. Um, obviously with the release of their IHL towards the end of the year to then finish the year off on a on, on a barrel aged bourbon bock lager. It was just stunning. So that they were probably the two that, that really stood out for me while we've been off air, mate. I mean, you don't want to hear about the copious amounts of halcyon that I drank over Christmas um, no. because everybody knows that that's <laughs> sort of standard fare now, isn't it? Um, but but yeah. Um, what about yourself, mate? What have you What have you been drinking that's been quite standout? Um, well, I had a couple of beers that you've had before. I know that much. Um, one that I actually had with you, which was the Colonel. Motueka or Moteka Southern Cross, which is their American IPA, and, and it has, I'm assuming the Motueka is a kiwi hop. Yes. But um, yeah. that was a lovely one, and they've they did another one which I had about a week later, which is the Motueka Citra Nelson, which, as you can imagine, with Citra Nelson in it was grapefruity out the arse, but otherwise it was still very nice. Was that again from um, the Colonel? Were they both? That was, that was from the Colonel as well. Yep, yeah, both from the Colonel. And the other one, which was a real standout for me, and this is one which will be no surprise to you, Steve, is that bottle of Real Extra from Biro de Bolgo that you gave me. Oh, yeah. That was... Yeah. Fuck me dead. That's a gorgeous beer. Yes, yeah. I mean, the Reale is a great beer, but the, the Reale Extra was, was just took it up one notch, really, didn't it? Yeah. Absolutely amazing. And we've got a visitor. Someone just popped in. I can see his little face. From the 11pm Somewhere podcast, finally joining us. He's only about 20 minutes late. It's Ian. <laughs> Hello, mate. Good evening, tout le monde. We made a start without you, Ian. 
So you've missed out on all the good stuff. We've only just been going through what our top beers were over the last month. Do you want to quickly rattle off two or three? My top beers for the last month have been two Brewdog beers, Dead Pony Club and 5am Saint. Everyone, Everything else, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Shock. I'm sorry, they just happen to be the beers I've been drinking the most and cooking with the most, so... Where's Hardcore IPA, Ian? Come on. Shh. Don't tell everyone. It's it's right up there with me saying I've been drinking a housey on that, is mate. I know, yeah, exactly. Okay, next item, top ten polls. Yes, uh, again, this is just to say, uh, again, a lot's been going on while I've been off the air. Um, we, we ran the final uh, one of our polls while we were off the air, which was one that I could only term as the top 10 crafty beers. Um, this was things like Saison, Sours, Gozes, all those other sort of beers that didn't really fit into any of the other categories. So we've we got a winner in that. We've now got our seven poll winners, and, and they'll all be going into a poll of polls, which will, as you listen to this podcast on Friday, that poll will be going live next Thursday. Um, and, and we're basically just going to see um, what's the UK's best beer, really. Um, what, what out of those different styles, we've got one beer that have won each of the different styles. Um, let's let's just see what the UK really enjoys drinking in, in terms of, of, of those beers. So um, you only get one vote this time as, as well. You're not voting for a top three. You'll, you get to vote for one favourite beer. Next point on the agenda, tasting events. There's one that I know of. Are there more than one? No, no, it's there's just the one that, that you're going to promote, mate, right right now. Um, oh, God, away you I go. I remember dates and shit, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Sheffield, March 12th, Hop Hideout, Beer O'Clock Show, that's me and Steve, are going to be doing a beer tasting event featuring a shitload of different beers at the Hop Hideout. Go there for tickets. Steve, what other details should I be sharing with the boys and girls? That that's pretty good actually, mate. Just um, <laughs> thank you. Just, just really, what the beers the the, the the beers that we're going to be tasting are all the beers that have won the different polls that that we've been doing. So we're going to be doing um, all bar the the magic rock bourbon barrel bearded lady because that would be just silly um, to yeah. include that in a beer tasting event. Um, so we're going to be doing uh, marble dobber, marble pint, Camden hells. Beaver Town Gamma Ray, um, the Colonel India Export Porter, and Weird Beard Elusive Brews Lord Nelson. So, so they'll be the six beers that we'll be doing as part of that tasting evening up at the Hop Hideout on the 12th of March. What day of the week is it, lads? It's a Thursday. It's a Thursday, Thursday night. And I've already got a special bacon breakfast lined up for Steve afterwards. <laughs> Excellent. All the bacon. All the bacon. Um, Steve, do you want to talk about the next item? Do you have the the agenda up in front of you? I, I do have I have the agenda, just just so people know that we do actually plan for these events, and we're both working <laughs> off the same script. Um, just uh, yeah, we we've got something happening soon, which we'll be able to reveal um, in full over the next couple of weeks. But um, just keep your ears out over the next few weeks on the show. Keep your eyes on Twitter. Um, we're going to be doing something special and a little bit different with Harvest Thune, um called We Beastie. And, and that's all we're going to say about it for now. Um, there'll yeah. be some more details coming out over the next few weeks, but, but keep your um, eyes and ears peeled for that one. It's going to be a good fun. 
Right, well, I can tell that Ian's bursting to start talking. So let's get on to the next point, which is all about what Steve dubbed his research trip, quote unquote, (laughs) where he went to Dublin to kind of research in person the Irish craft beer scene. This would be a good point to start like a a pre-recorded whole thing about your adventure, but you didn't do do any of that. So instead, we've got... As as always. (laughs) We've got your lovely (laughs) Irish hosts here with us who have all the evidence that they need, I'm sure, to really shame you, but they're not going to share it, I'm sure. But why don't you tell us a little bit about your trip to Dublin? Yeah, you want me to lead with with Dublin? Well, yeah, because you're the one who went over there. Did they meet you at the airport? No, they didn't meet me at the airport. I had to get, find my own way from the airport to the my hotel and, and, and then into the town centre. Um, it, it, was, um, it was a good weekend, actually. It was a, it was a great experience. Um, it was interesting to, to see um, where the scene over there is now in, in comparison to, to what's going on here. And uh, I, I'd say it's, it's probably like... Um, and, and I mean, this is in, in no way derogatory, but it's probably where we were two years ago in, in terms of the excitement that there is in, in terms of the beers that are being produced. There are bars popping up to sell these beers that are being produced. You're seeing more beers being on offer in, in mainstream bars. And, and there's just this general excitement. And, and it really reminds me of, of, of our scene two years ago when you know there were probably only 50 odd breweries in London and you know craft beer was just becoming a thing um, and, and it's just great to see that actually every bar that we went into was was, was packed with people wanting to dry, try good beer. Um, we, we obviously actively avoided the, the, the popular sort of t- tourist traps but most places had a good craft offering and that's that's just great to see the, the the selection of beers that's on offer. Now, Wayne and Janice, did Steve behave himself? Impeccably, like a gentleman. Um, <laughs> that's a shame. The, the fir- first day, he's not a five-year-old, so he was well able to get himself to his hotel from the airport. You cheeky pup. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but then you were tethered for the rest yeah, of the day. Tethered forever. Um. Yeah, like I, th- I think I was kind of selecting the the pubs to go to. I got quite a mix of like pubs that are craft only, and pu- pubs that would have a mix of the more mainstream brands. I suppose like it's the jewelry of Heineken in this country is is very difficult to break down, and um, you know it's it, it's just I thought it was a good representation of the of the scene in general that. You know, there'd be some pubs that still have Guinness, Budweiser, Heineken, but also have a range of very good beers for those with more sophisticated palates. Um, and then there was a few of the craft-only pubs, mainly the Galway Bay ones, um, that, you know, only sell, um, you know, what, what, what will be craft beer. But, you know, he was happy enough and he behaved himself well. Ian, do you have anything to say for yourself? <laughs> You're being very quiet, which is very uncharacteristic. No comment. <laughs> What happens in Dublin stays in Dublin. <laughs> I was going to say, Ian, you can't just keep saying no comment all night. You do get the whole idea of this co-hosting thing, don't you? That you do actually have to say something occasionally. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm trying to defend your honour so you don't get besmirched. 
No, I, I don't. I don't think my on a needs defending. I think I behaved myself. I, I, I had some good beers. Um, I may have gone out a little bit hard and fast on Friday and paid the price as a result of that. But um, it was, it was a good, it was a good weekend. Uh, I mean, it was. Um, I, I had a great time, and and I just drank so much good beer as well that it's hard to kind of remember all the good beer that I drank. Right, and talking about beer, we've got a beer waiting for us. So let's get through some news before we get into the beer. So, Steve, that's yes. you, mate. Um, right, I'm going to rattle through this because there's been loads of news while, while we've been off air. And, and what I've tried to do is to pick out the best bits. Um, okay, so bear with me on this. Um, UK's top beard-friendly pubs named. Okay, ever wanted to know the top five bit, most beard-friendly pubs in the UK? They are the Jolly Butchers in Stoke Newington, the Urban Tap House in Cardiff, the 23 Club in Liverpool, the Cop Tavern in Hackney, and all Brewdog bars across the UK, uh, apparently, <laughs> which, which kind of makes a mockery of it being a top five. Um, but this has been announced, and this just gets better. And this is a true story, by the way. The Beard Liberation Front, which is the informal network of beard wearers, has named its top beard-friendly pubs in the UK. Um, the Jolly Butchers has retained the benchmark for friendly pubs. Um, the criteria for judging beard-friendly pubs includes whether the vel- ve- venue is welcoming and has a number of beard-wearing customers. Um, and I'm sorry, are there, are there uh, pubs scientists... out there where people? <laughs> are there pubs in there where people go in with beard and get told to get out? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't imagine that there are, but. Apparently, there is a link, a scientific link between stylish beards and good pubs. That so ends that story. Um, Reading Football Club to offer craft beer at the Majeski Stadium. Um, so, Reading FC will be offering beer that's being brewed by West Berkshire Brewery um, at the Football Club. The award winning classic bitter, Good Old Boy, will be on offer in the East Stand. So, any Reading fans that listen to the podcast, there's some good news for you, I guess. Um, Stand on the sporting theme. Surfs up for Cornish Lager, Korev, and, and say it's Surfing GB. So Korev, Cornish Lager are now the official beer of Surfing GB um, through the Korev brand and will play a key role in all Surfing GB competitions. Be that interested, Korev is the traditional Cornish word for beer. Um, Craft Beer Rising is coming back to London. Um, in a few weeks' time, Mark and I were going along to this, aren't we, to sample all oh, that's on yeah. offer from the 19th to the 22nd of February at the Old Truman Brewery in London. There will be 70 breweries showing off their wares, including, and I'm just picking some out here, Bad Seed, Northern Monk, Four Pure, Hop Stuff, Beavertown, Brewdog, Camden Town, Dominion, Harvestoon, Hiver, Ilkley Brewing, Thornbridge, Thwaites, and the list goes on and on and on. Craftbeerising.co.uk for more information. Running alongside Craft Beer Rising is the London Beer Week 2015. This was the thing where you buy your wristband and you get special deals in bars. Follow them on Twitter at LDN Beer Week. Um, and then it wouldn't be news without a double Brewdog whammy to finish with, would it, Mark? No. Are you excited <laughs> for the Brewdog news? Yes. Ian, how excited are you for the Brewdog news? Yeah! Uh, yeah, you probably already know this anyway. I imagine they texted you before it went live. Um, okay, so the two Brewdog stories. Firstly, um, they are looking at 
opening bars in the US and increasing their global presence. So they, they want to open up a couple of bars on the back of the success of the Brewdogs TV show in the States. Um, I think they're actually going to look just to see if they can produce some of their stuff in the States as well so yep. that it's fresher out there um, as well. So they're also looking at China, South Korea and Australia as well for bars. Um, and they've got another bar opening up in London, which isn't a bar, but it is a bar, but it's a bar that sells food, so it's a restaurant that sells brew dog beer, and it's called Dog Eat Dog. That's going to be in Islington opening very soon, but it is not a brew dog bar, because Islington Council did not want a brew dog bar. It is a brew dog <laughs> restaurant that sells brew dog beer. So, Dog Eat Dog, keep your eye out for that. And the other one, and probably the biggest announcement came last week. This is the announcement that they are now going to be importing beers from Stone Brewing Co. in the States. They will be importing the entire product range all year wow. round, which includes beers such as Stone Go to IPA, their IPA, their Ruination, Arrogant Bastard Ale, Limited Release Beers, and the like. Um, it will be available in bottles and kegs in all of their bars and for other trade customers, and they are currently in discussions with other craft breweries around Europe and the States hoping to announce further import and distribution deals throughout 2015. If that wasn't enough news about the States, one final story is one of the things I did do while I was on off air. I went and appeared on somebody else's podcast. Um, <gasps> I know, it's a shocker. Um, you blew me out, Mark, so I had to do it on my own. Um, <laughs> Sip, Suds and Smokes is an American podcast that wanted to review some British beers, so uh, they asked us to get involved, and they've reviewed, I went on and reviewed three Fuller's beers with them. That show goes live the same day as this one, so you'll be able to download that show and, and listen to me talking in a very questionable American accent um, on Friday, from Friday the 6th of February. And so ends the longest news in Beer O'Clock Show history. <laughs> right. Please let somebody else do some talking now. Boys and girls, let's get into this beer quick before it goes too warm. <laughs> yeah, hurry up, your beer's getting warm. So, Galway Bay of Foam and Fury, Galway Bay are from where? Don't say Galway Bay. Yeah, it's literally Galway Bay. Oh, bloody hell. The brewery actually started in Salt Hill in Galway. Literally, uh, it's a brew pub, uh, at the and it goes out onto the seafront. And recently, they've moved a little further inland, still just on the outskirts of Galway, but on the Dublin side of Galway, in a much larger production facility because they just, uh, they've just grown phenomenally uh, over the last 12 months. Uh, with additional bars opening up uh, across Dublin and um, in Galway as well, to take them to be able to have a core range of ten. And a Foam and Fury is um, like their beast. So it's an eight point four percent IPA. Yeah. Yes, like it's more double IPA. It's double big IPA. beast of a thing. Yeah, all their beers tend to have a very nautical theme to the names. Yeah, I, I think only Heathen was the one theory. that didn't, isn't it? Yeah, Heathen is the exception. Yeah. Right, so I hope you've all got yours poured. That's a, oh, it's got a lovely craft haze to it. Smells divine. It's 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 smelling good. It yeah. it really is. I mean, I was, I was obviously lucky enough to try this, probably a little bit fresher from from the keg at the weekend, and and the aroma on that was just amazing. It, it was like this amplified. Um, the, the aroma from the bottle is good, but 
fresh out of a keg in the glass. It was just bubbling. It, it was like, you know that shop that's in every enclosed space that just stinks um, lush, that, yeah. that does those sort of like balls, that you, those sherbet balls that you drop in the bath and they fizz and they just got this amazing aroma. The, the, the aroma was like that, but in, a, but in a really good way. It just smelled sweet, sherbet-y sweets that had, had just been dropped in a bathtub and allowed to explode. That is a very sweet, fruity aroma to it, isn't it? Yeah. So let's get into it. Let's, let's do this, yeah. And, and then we We've can got a bit of chat to get through as well. Through. We've got 500 yeah. mils of this. So cheers, guys. Yeah. Slauncher. Cheers. cheers, guys. Slauncher. Slauncher, yeah, that's it. Actually, that's true, Mark. When when we did the Italian beers, we did toast in the Italian way, so we do need to get used to toasting in the Irish way for these Irish beers. Slauncher. Slauncher. <laughs> now, that's that's a far too easy 8.5%. That. Oh, it's ridiculously easy oh, to drink. And now I'm getting that, that back, that afterburn from the hops. <laughs> It's really easy. Oh, you just keep drinking it, but as soon as you stop drinking it, you get that burn. You, you do. It, it comes through. The warmth comes through at the end, doesn't yeah. it? It's been ages since I've had it in bottle. Just keep drinking it. It's actually been a lot since I've had it. Full stop. Yeah, I had it at the weekend. I'm not sure. It was a bit hazy after a certain point. Um, <laughs> you had a Friday night. Friday night, yeah, that's it. I think I think it's it. You definitely get the alcohol warmness on the way down. Um, you, like when you take your first mouthful of it, you don't get the impression that it's that heavy in terms of mm. alcohol, and then you really get that kind of warmness that is really welcome on a cold night like tonight. Yeah. Um, we get that great kind of fruity, citrusy grapefruit aroma off the nose, and there's some unbelievable hops in this thing. Um, let me see. It actually has the hop list on the back. So we've got Delena, Chinook, Pacific Jade, and Simcoe. Um, we all know, we all know Simcoe is a, a favourite of Brewdog. Um, but like this beer, a little bit about Galway Bay. The head brewer is 24 years old. This guy went looking for a part-time job in against the grain. The pub, one of the pubs we were in on Saturday. They saw on his CV did a bit of background science. And boom, he was offered an opportunity to go down and work in the brewery. The beers they were, were brewing maybe two to three years ago were not of a good standard, shall we say. They were pretty average. Um, but Chris has come in totally been given free reign, which is amazing, to brew what he wants. And he reworked the stout, worked the red ale, the bin, the lager, and then they introduced this bad boy in a, a full-sale IPA as well. You know, it's just amazing what happens when someone gets the, the, the freedom to really express themselves. So am I, am I right in saying, Wayne, that this this beer is very much considered as the beer that's kind of led the way in terms of, of the Irish craft scene? I wouldn't say so. Um, not in my opinion. Um, it's definitely the one, I think, that's announced it's, it's growing up a bit. Like we've we've had kind of two phases of craft brewing in this country, um, you know, up to the late '90s, early 2000s, there would have been a few hanging around, and like literally a lot of them went, and all that left, all that was left really was Allo Brewing Company, Pot House Brewing Company, and the main reasons, and Franciscan Well as well, 
later on. The main reasons they were still around is because they had, in the case of Porterhouse, they had a route to market, as in their own bars, and they exported a lot. And in the case of Carlo Brewing, they exported 90% of what they made, and only 10% were sold in Ireland. So they were able to keep going. Back in, oh, I can't even remember what budget it was, um, there was a, an announcement for Exide Rebate um, for breweries that produced it under 1,000 hectoliters. It was a real shot in the arm of the industry. It gave, gave people who were maybe hanging on that little bit of hope to keep going. And then it also kind of allowed the new, newer entrants and the newer phase to come through. So then we had the likes of Galway Hooker, Galway Bay, and kind of pop up in the late 90s. And currently the latest standing brewing companies in Ireland now, we've about 75 in the total island of Ireland, which is, you know, probably a population of about 6 million people. Um, and more and more being added all the time. I think, in my opinion, Foam and Fury is the beer really announced to the beer world outside Ireland that there's some very good brewers here. And many people sit up and pay attention, I think. And and we visited what what felt like every other bar was 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 the Galway Bay bar at, at the weekend, um, and and I know we spoke about why why we're in the bars that and, and you mentioned it there that that's how they've got their beers to, to market and that's how they've become so popular in 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 Ireland because rather than try and distribute their beers to other people to sell, they've basically just opened up great bars that people want to go to. And put their beers on. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think one of the of fury you're enjoying, like, oh, they only started bottling their beer maybe 18 months ago, two years ago. Um, they they were they were literally in our bars only, and then they were up, they're obviously getting enough interest from distributors and other you know, restaurants off licenses and, and the kind to say, well, look, we bottle it as well. And they, they really didn't have the capacity, but they do now. So you'd often see situations where bottles of Bowie Bay be really rare, but the, they keep the draft to the priority because obviously that's the pubs that has to be priority. But now they've expanded in a new facility and they've got that extra capacity now to meet the demand for the bottles and obviously meet the demand for the bars and, you know, I'd expect them to open more bars over 2015 in different areas that aren't Dublin and, and uh, Galway, like in, in, in the other regional cities, like maybe not like Cork, maybe Limerick, other places around the country, because they have a very, very set successful business model that they've been able to expand so quickly uh, based on that success. But they've got great um, customer following because of that Roma, that business plan that they have. Yeah. That people, their staff are so welcoming. They're very informative. They don't judge if you do come in and look for something that's not a craft beer. They point you in the direction of of something new to try. And their their staff are just lovely, yeah. very friendly. Yeah, I I, I I and I'd agree with that because having been in a lot of the bars at the weekend, you, you know the staff were chatty. They that they were happy to talk to people, talk through that through their selection, you know, there was a good feel in each of the places that we went to, but equally each of the bars felt uniquely different as, as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I know we were, we were speculating as, as to whether or not there that there's on the horizon maybe there's there's a view to them opening a bar in the UK at some point. Well, 
the one thing people can do is if they actually want to find out more about like Chris and the beers that he produced, I actually did a podcast interview with him last August, literally just as they were moving into the brand new facility. For those interested, it's episode 32 of my podcast. You can It's about an hour long. It's a good long interview, of Chris, about some of the beers that he wants to produce, the facility itself, what the future for Galway Bay is, and basically everything you need to know about what this young man has achieved and wants to achieve. And uh, he's definitely like a really interesting guy to sit down and talk to about beers. Like he genuinely, well, genuinely loves it. What we'll do, mate, is we'll, for, for people listening to this now, we'll link to that in the show notes so people can click through and, and have a listen to, to, to the show that where, where you interviewed him. So how pervasive throughout Ireland are Galway Bay beers? Are they all over the country, or are they mainly around Dublin, or what? In Bottle, they are fairly pervasive, actually, because they get distributed through Super Value, which is the single largest um, shop, uh, sort of grocery outlet in the country, after they took over a couple of other places. Uh, it's owned by the Musgrave Group, so their beers tend to turn up an awful lot in bottles there, but the bars, I think, is just limited right now to... Galway, I think they have five in Galway, four or five in Galway, and then they have a number of them in Dublin. Um, every, I think there's, there was plans to open one up in Limerick, if I remember. Yeah, that's kind of hit the skids, I think. I think they're actually distributed by Norris to distribute in Ireland, Erdinger. Um, so, like, there'll be a lot of penetration with Erdinger beers. Obviously, they're world famous, they're a recognisable brand, but the distributor there is Norris. Um, but that lends then that you will see them in a, <laughs> um, in a lot more places, which you know is what you want to see. Like my our local pub sells Galway Bay beers, which you know, which is great. You're making me weep a little beery tear here, Wayne, because <laughs> I, I wish my local pub sold anything other than Green King IPA. Well, uh, <laughs> to, to be honest, well, I, I, I tell you something, mate. Like the guys. Uh, Jason and Niall, the two lads, are in top of in charge of Galway Bay. They are extremely acute businessmen. They know exactly what they're doing. They, they've such a faith in the model. But if they see the opportunity to get exported to the UK and with the new facility, they should hopefully be able to increase that capacity. I can, I can only see it as a matter of time because they're bringing in so many UK beers themselves. So it's only a matter of time before it starts flowing the other way. I just wanted to touch on something Janice was saying there about the staff. It's the staff in the bars that make the places so good. Like, obviously, we're known all over the world for having great pubs in Ireland, but the staff, in, staff without exception in Galway Bay's bars are, you know, from the manager down to the guy who's only in doing a few hours part-time, everyone's engaging, they're friendly, and, you know, you saw it yourself on Friday night. We were very well looked after in there, and the place was absolutely wedged. You know, it's just one of those things where, you know, you get, they recruit very selectively and it, you can tell with the staff they have, but it's, it's a great, it's a great attribute and, and strength for them going forward that they have such a fantastic base to build on. Yeah, I mean, Steve, you've seen this yourself on Saturday by comparison to another chain of uh, bars that do craft beer who we will not name uh, or shame, but you've seen the difference in the staff's approach and knowledge about what beers are on taps. Uh, versus the Galway Bay ones. And the Galway Bay is definitely the younger of those, but there is no comparison. Uh, absolutely. And I, I, I think, you know, we, we've we've spoken before on, on this podcast, and Wayne, I'm, um, not, not Wayne, sorry, Ian, I know you've covered it on, 
on on previous podcasts as well about how important it is that that the breweries and get get the training of their staff that are that are selling the beer to customer right. And you you know we've seen the model with Brewdog, and it's it's very similar with Galway Bay. Their staff are knowledgeable, they're enthusiastic uh, about the beers that they're selling as well, and it's it's more than just a bar job for them. It's it's actually what they want to do. It's what they're interested in, and and that came across in every single place that we visited at, at the weekend. Well, I know for me when I first started drinking the craft beer and brew. Uh, Brewdock was actually the first craft beer bar that we went to in Dublin. And if it wasn't for the staff and their knowledge, I don't think I probably would have gotten into it as much as I am now. Like they did they didn't judge me and I didn't feel intimidated going in there and now I can go in there on my own without Wayne <laughs> and enjoy a few drinks waiting for him for the bus. <laughs> yeah, I think you know, I think there was a manager who was, it was in Brewdock when it first opened, right from the day it opened, and he was there for the first year and a half, Paddy. But his, his enthusiasm, and John, his assistant manager, the enthusiasm was just totally infectious. Like, he'd, he'd probably sell ice to the Eskimos, you know, that kind of way. But the, he'd always be really hyped up about some new beer he'd get in. And it, it, as a bit different to my experience of some of the Brewdock pubs in the UK that I've been to is that everything is compared to a Brewdog beer, whereas this guy, they're obviously selling a range of Galway Bay beers, maybe six of them, but this guy was going, Odell's, man, I've got St. Luplin in there fresh, or he, he, he would be very passionate about everything equally, and he would give you a very honest opinion, and he'd say, look, have a go and see what you think, and I think that's that kind of nurturing environment has really helped solidify them um, among those of those punters that might have been a bit sceptical about the whole thing, uh, like going, what do you mean you're not, you don't sell Guinness? Like... You know, Weatherspoons doesn't sell Guinness in Ireland, but you know, it's it, everyone thought they'd be gone within six months. Well, actually, funny you say that. Galway Bay in Salt Hill, at the actual, you know, their very first brew pub, do actually have a Guinness tap, and they also do have a Guinness tap, I believe, in Alfie Burns. Oh no, against the grain, I think I've seen one. No, Dark Horse. Isn't that the Dark Horse? There's a Guinness and no. Heineken tap there still. Yeah. But I suppose you got to look no. at where it's located. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the other thing as well. Like they're on the seafront in Salt Hill. Um, it's a really popular destination. But if someone goes in and does ask for Guinness, I have actually I've seen their staff go, "Hey, I can give you a Guinness, or you can actually try one of our own ones that that we actually brew ourselves." And if you don't like it, yeah, I'll pour you Guinness. There's no problem. So I like the fact that they are, they rather than just capitulate, they actually take the time to do that, and they do it in such a friendly and really. Yeah energetic manner as well and they will describe the beer and I've actually seen someone after trying it buried at sea which is a chocolate milk stout uh, because for a while last year Stormy Port actually wasn't really as available so the de facto stout was uh, buried at sea which I think you guys uh, had did on one of the podcasts um, They, I've actually seen someone go actually yeah I don't want the Guinness can I have a pint of that please yeah like it's 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 one of those things that I kind of I've heard Stormy Port described as what Guinness used to taste like, which make, make that as what you will. But that's obviously not described by the barman, but described by a punter. Like particularly the Brew Dock is right next to the ma major bus and train stations in Dublin, so they'll get a lot of people who are tra transitioning on, and they'll come in and go, "I'll just have a quick pint while I'm waiting for the bus or the train," and. Uh, 
you know, like I've been sat at the bar myself and I've heard some guy have a pint of Guinness and again, like Ian said, in a non-judgmental way, they'll say, well, look, we don't sell Guinness, we only sell local beers. They'll go through the process and, and try and gently nudge someone and they'll say, have a taste, and if you don't like it, fine. Uh, it just goes from there. Silence. Yeah, I think, I think anyway. that's. Shall this we? Um, What's actually happening with this? Just should, to should we do some tasting point. notes and then continue with this conversation? Because <laughs> <laughs> we haven't said a thing about the beers yet. I mean, the first thing I think that hits you with this beer is you get a bit of blood orange and a bit of caramel on the nose, which I think is always amazing. I love this beer for that reason. Unlike a lot of other double IPAs, which will tend to give you piney, resiny, citrusy type aromas this gives you this beautiful blood orange aroma and just that little hint and twist of caramel that's in there it's kind of refreshing when you get so many pine monsters turning up for like double ipas to have something which gives you this massive unique kind of fruit blood orange yeah i like it i don't have much left <laughs> classic mark review there i like it i don't have much left well what that's... does it taste like mate Um, yeah, it tastes hoppy. <laughs> Getting some lovely malts through it now that it's warming up a little bit, so the hops aren't overbearing as they were when I first started on it. I think you get this little bit of a bitter sweetness at the start. <clears throat> and then um, it kind of it feels a bit, thick, a bit luxurious. Huh? And then the bitters just smashes you in the back of the neck at the end, which I think is amazing. That's what, what I love said. about it, is the bitter aftertaste. Yeah. It's it's a long it's a long bit of finish as well, isn't it? That that bitterness yeah. just hangs around and isn't going anywhere. And it's it's almost saying, you know what? You know what to get rid of that bitterness? Another sip. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's a here's a little taste. Just keep drinking. You will you just yeah. love that you love that flavour. Just keep drinking. It's it it's it's still it's like so good. Such a good beer. It's you know like. The guys Galway Bay got awarded best brewery in Ireland on rape beer, and it's in no small part down to this beer because it's its reputation is getting to the level now where you know you get people coming over and you know like I see it on the Irish craft beer subreddit Ian and I administer. You get people who are like I'm coming over to Dublin in three weeks. Uh, I'm there for four days. Can you give me a list of places and beers to check out while I'm there? And it's like every time you look through the comments, foam and fury against the grain. <laughs> you know the same suspects are popping up. So the it, there's a reputation happening now, which is only good for the business and the, the future of the industry in this country. That it's it's no longer the best kept secret in Ireland. It is now more and more people getting to know and to enjoy it as well. So not the excitement you you were building with your hashtag and um, Steve all the foam and fury. Yeah, that got a lot of people talking, yeah. I'm sure, and wondering what it was all about as well. I preferred Crawl of Doom. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think the best way to describe are, this Are you beer, finding that... Just to say, Steve, I think the best way to describe this beer is it's like a siren learning, uh, luring ships onto the rocks. <laughs> yeah, Chris would like that. <laughs> oh, I know he would. That'll go on the next level. I think there's the name of his next beer, yeah. I think you've just done that for him, haven't you? Siren, yeah. What I was going to ask was, are you finding that more people are, are coming to Ireland to try craft beers rather than coming to Ireland to visit Guinness? 
No, it's definitely the Guinness thing. I think they said that um, a recent board fall queue, which is basically the Irish tourist board, their report said the number one reason people come to Ireland is the Irish pub experience. And if you think about it, like the contribution of Guinness to the Irish tourism uh, sector in terms of, I think it's like um, it's like a huge, massive proportion uh, in terms of like revenue that the tourism sector actually turns up. Um, so I think it. I think the whole tourist thing for craft beer. I think Board Falcher have definitely dropped the ball. I repeatedly accused them of this. Um, they don't seem to realize that in other countries there are their tourist sectors. If especially if you think about San Diego, they'll do a heck of a lot to go and um, promote the fact there is so many breweries that you can go visit in San Diego or any of these other kind of uh, I would say beer meccas that you can go to. And they seem to ignore the fact there are 75 breweries in Ireland right now, and most breweries actually operate tours, and they don't want to do anything to help them. Um, and I don't know why that is. My suspicion is they don't want to do anything to damage uh, the amount of revenue that Diageo get from visits to St. James's Gate. That's just an observation. It's not fact, and it's just my opinion. I'm sorry to state that for the record. Um, okay, so, so we've said we've said a couple of times there are probably about seventy-five breweries in Ireland right now, which is, you know, that's a considerable amount. It's probably a, it's equivalent to the amount of breweries that there are in London, um, and and you know, there's probably more as as we now record this podcast. Probably another one just popped up as we've been recording. Um, we are uh, in addition to the Firm and Fury, we're doing five other Irish beers this season that, that you guys have selected for us. Um, would you just like to, to, to give us a brief run through of, of the other beers that we're doing so, so that the listeners can um, know what's coming up in, in the weeks to come? I'm uber excited because two of my favourite beers are on this. Um, and one of them is from Bow Bristle. Which one did we choose, Wayne? Amber. Amber, the Amber Ale. And then the other one is my ultimate favourite and it's Brew Brewery's Rua. So I'm really excited. Yeah, and then we've we've kind of kept with a bit of tradition. We've a red ale and a porter gone over there, so we've Trouble Brewing's Dark Arts. Uh, it's 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 an it's an old reliable now. Trouble Brewing have been around since late two thousands. Um, great porter. Um, a new Kildare uh, Kelly's Mountain Brewing. Yep. With their red ale revolution. Um, and lastly, Black's Black IPA. Oh yeah. So okay, so it's a nice, um, a nice selection of styles as well that we're going to be sampling. Yeah. Um, th- throughout the series. That was the idea to kind of give you a broad range. We could have just sent you over all the Irish IPAs, but there'd be no fun in that. You can never have too many IPAs, in my um, opinion. Um, I might disagree. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the nice golden Ar- Irish golden ale? That's what I want to know. There are no golden owls. No, I think this is... (laughs) Mark, I think the main thing is, if you think about it, most breweries in Ireland, when they go and open up, they go to one of the Holy Trinity, uh, which is either like... It's it's an IPA, it's a dark beer, whether it's a stout or a porter, uh, and it's a red ale. And um, one of the more respected brewers in Ireland has actually on several occasions said that when you're going to start a brewery, for the love of God, do not go near the Holy Trinity. Walk away and go and do something you really, really like. Stay the hell away from the Holy Trinity. 
And um, there are a couple of breweries, like Rascals, who have come out with their ginger porter. That was their very first beer, and they stayed away from that. And then they did a hoppy red ale, um, which I think is not really a red ale, like in the traditional sense, and they did like a wheat beer. Um, that was their three to get them started and get them underway. So there are brewers out there coming along who are, who are, I am glad to say, flagrantly ignoring the Holy Trinity. Well, I'm, I, for one, am glad that we have started this season with a double IPA. <laughs> if it was, if it was down to me, we'd be nice drinking house. this sort of thing every week. Fucking hot monsters, I don't know. Yeah, I know, <sighs> I know, I know, I missed the lock-in, I, I knew you was having a go, and I didn't have an, an opportunity to, to come back at you, um, so I'm getting, getting it in now, um... Hot monsters are the way forward, mate. Forget all this Saison shit like... and, and all that. Actually, they, do you know what I can say this year? There was a trend two years ago. They're, out, they're done. They're over. Do you know what I think the trend is this year? I think the trend this year is actually going to be low ABV beers with like crap tons of flavor in them. I honestly think this year is going to be the year we see a lot more feminine beers, and I think we're probably going to see a lot more lower ABV beers because I think lower – look, it's really easy to brew – a high alcohol beer. My fifth beer I ever brewed was like a 14% Imperial Russian. Uh, it's not that difficult to get like really high ABV beers. I think this year is going to be the year you start seeing an awful lot of brewers try to differentiate themselves and start to hit lower ABV beers. And that will really show you the brewers who actually are supremely talented and the ones who are just able to produce high ABV monsters. That's that's it, isn't it? That's that's where the skill will come through. It's can can you produce that flavour that we've just drunk there in the uh, foam and fury? But can you produce that in a three and a half percent beer? Yeah, and I think this year is going to be the year in our markets, at least, where I think lower ABV beers with loads of flavour are and more feminine beers are going to take to the fore. I mean, in the US, I know they're looking at an awful lot of things like salted beers this year, so. I'm kind of looking forward to see what comes out of the U.S. this year to see where we'll be maybe two years down the road in terms of being able to follow those kind of styles. Because I think we are, like the U.K. in general, I think is about two years behind uh, with some exceptions, some brewers being the exception. Um, but it'll be a very, very interesting year this year, I think. Good. Down with the high ABV. Up with the high ABV. I'm done with high ABV beers, I'm actually done with high ABV beers. No, I'm not. Really, really honest. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm not, still I just, like them. I, I just, I, I just ordered some Jaipur X today. Ten percent Imperial IPA. You, you're not going to get any, any more than that, really, are you? You know, it's the tenth oh, anniversary of Jaipur. You've got to celebrate it. That's true. Uh, apparently, Thornbridge have a mint stout out. Ooh. Yes, I saw saw those tweets today. Yeah, I need to try that. I mean, chocolate yeah. stout. I need to get some of that. I have so much stout here to drink. It's like I said like when we, we were speak, speaking earlier this year, Steve, that um, earlier this year, <laughs> a month ago, a few weeks ago, that this was going to be my year of the saison, but it's actually turning to the year of the stout because I have so much of the shit to drink. <laughs> and it's good stuff as well. I'm, I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving stout. I really enjoyed. Um, when when I was over in Dublin at the weekend, the the, the Porterhouse Plan Porter, which uh, won the world's greatest stout award on a number of occasions, absolutely cracking pint. It it spent about thirty seconds in my glass. 
it, I, I really enjoyed doing the comparison to drinking this in, in a bottle tonight and having it on keg at the weekend. Keg just felt a little bit sharper, a little bit fresher, had a little bit more of an edge to it. But, but this, this, the, the bottled version is a lot more well balanced. It, it does give you big, piney sort of caramel flavours up front, um, leading through to a lovely, lovely bit of finish. It's, um, it's a really incredible double IPA. We're big fans of it here. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> All the foam and fury. All the foam and fury. And if there's not foam and fury, you can get it second runnings, which is like a 3.8% table beer, which is just as amazing and even more crisp and fresher than, yeah, than, than, than this one. Yeah. I think that I think if the plane porter was a contributor to my downfall on Friday night, it was the Vimaris that finished me off. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. Um, it's a great, it's a great beer. Like as we were talking about that on Friday, it's it's perfect. Go in, have a pint or two at lunchtime if you're having lunch with work, and then go back to work. Cause it, it's just nice and refreshing. But the I think Chris's real skill, you know, it's not just that he can do the hoppy stuff. You know, you tried the Goodbye Blue Monday Oatmeal um, IPA um, in Alfie Burns, I think it was. You had that. But his skill with the dark stuff as well, you know, his reworking of the Stormy Port recipe, Buried at Sea is an original creation of his chocolate milk stout. There's a whiskey barrel-aged version of Stormy Port called 200 Fathoms. The next release of that is coming out shortly. Aged in, gem no, aged in yellow spot casks. So that, like... The skill level from a from a guy of his age, it would put a lot of guys who've been brewing for ten to fifteen years to shame. And you know, it you know they had limited bottles of the two hundred fathoms, and they were gone. Every bar sold out its allocation in a couple of hours. I think I think it's something when you find a head brewer of of that age with that amount of talent, um, because I think they can actually make or break a brewery. Definitely, but it takes a lot of stones to give them that freedom. Yeah, um, I mean we've we've seen it over here. You, you know, it was it was the same with um, Adnams when when they appointed Fergus as their head brewer. I think a lot of people were were questioning that decision because he was very very young at the time. Um, but I think I think he's proved his his worth there as as well. And I think we've still more to see from him as as well as as he's allowed more of a, a reign to experiment out of out of what is one of the biggest regional producers in the UK now. Well, that's it, and it's what you want to see. Um, so when are you coming back to Dublin, Steve? As soon as I possibly can, mate. Um, honestly, it's it's probably cheaper and quicker for me to get there than it is anywhere in the UK by train. So <laughs> if, if if I want to come for a beer, are you, are you free next Saturday night? I, I might be over. <laughs> it's almost cheaper than to get to London to get to Ireland. And I'm off this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Five, I don't I'll think, see you at five o'clock then. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think Ryanair's pricing model works that way. Funnily enough, Mark, you'll have to come over the next time. I, I will be back. Um, let's 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 see how this season goes, and maybe I might need to come back for another research <laughs> at the end of the season. And suddenly, we're doing an Irish season every season, <laughs> or at least yeah. one Irish episode. Why not? <laughs> Right, guys. Very quickly, tell us how we can, how our lovely listeners can get their hands on these six Irish beers that we're doing this season, because there's a there's a little deal that they can do. 
Somewhere they yeah, can we. Yeah, we have teamed up with one of Ireland's leading independent audiences. So all six beers that are featured on season six of the Beer Clock Show um, are available to your listeners. Um, they will deliver to the UK. Um, and I think the total price is €43, Euro, including delivery, which thanks to the Greeks electing in their left-wing loonies there and the euro being so pathetic at the moment, works out about £32. Ish. <laughs> it's a round figure. So for six 500 mil bottles delivered from Ireland, including an eight and a half percent double IPA that retails for over six euro a bottle over here, you know it's a good deal, and you know it'll be great for everyone to be able to drink along with us while we're drinking these beers and yapping away about them as well. Yeah, and you won't find it any easier to get the beers in England. That's for sure. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to make bunch. a big claim here. I think this is exclusively the only place that you're going to get a Foam and Fury. This is the only way you're going to get it in the UK at the moment, is, yeah. is yeah. by going through this deal that we've set up. Yeah. Actually, a number of the beers, it'll be the only way that you'll actually get the beers as well. And this will go for the Troubled beers, the Kelly's beer, and I think probably also the Bulbrissel beer for now. Yeah, so go to the website, beeroclockshow.co.uk, check out the Season 6 beer list, and the details are all there, where you can get your box of Irish beers from Drink Store. Stevie! Mark! As we wind this up, do we have a prizes prize this week, mate? Of, of course we do. We're, we're back with Season 6. We've got It wouldn't be a Beer O'Clock Show season without the prizes prize. This week, it's been a tough, tough call, but it's going to have to go typically to someone who has posted an amazing picture of Galway Bays of Foam and Fury for us to look at. And this is a new contributor to the Prizes Prize, at blue double underscore Zulu. Um, you are this week's Prizes Prize for your really, really inviting picture of, of Foam and Fury. Well done. Got Round it. Of applause there from How did I not win that prize? As well. Um, Keep the prizes, prize entries coming in on Instagram. Use the hashtag CheersGuys and get your best creative prize and get those pictures coming in. Um, and for a chance of winning the prize, this prize every week on the Beer Clock Show. What happened to my Beaver Town cans? Were they not in consideration at all? Well, that, they were, but it, it would have seemed a little bit incestuous to have given you the prize, <laughs> this prize, after I spent the whole weekend tethered to you, mate. Yeah, so, beer, beer um, wife. <laughs> yeah, you were my beer wife for the weekend. Um, it just would have been wrong. So, um, but for this week, it was definitely, absolutely, completely, 100% blue Zulu, blue double underscore Zulu for the picture of Galway Bay of Fan and Fury. Oh, well, no, that's good. <laughs> Wayne and Janice, where can people find your podcast, guys? Uh, the podcast is irishbeersnob.com where we have direct you mp3 link and we're available on iTunes as well and Stitcher Radio as far as I know. Very good. And Ian, the 11pm Somewhere podcast, buddy. The 11pm Somewhere podcast is returning to an iTuneverse, Stitcherverse and an internet to terrorise <laughs> your eardrums in the very near future. Uh, and that can be found, like I said, in the aforementioned uh, platforms and also on 11pmsomewhere.com. Very good. And you can find us at beeroclockshow.co.uk. Twitter is at beeroclockshow. Instagram is at beeroclockshow. Untapped is at beeroclockshow. Steve, I'm on Untapped at Roku and I'm on Twitter at Roku Beer. 
Steve, what have we got coming up next week, mate? Next week's an exclusive show. We're going to be drinking beers that you can't get hold of anywhere. We are drinking um, beers that have been brewed exclusively for the Beer O'Clock Show by Andy Parker at Tabamatu. Um, we are drinking Tutti and Fruity. Now, Tutti is the American APA. Fruity is the Saison, the Tutti Fruity Saison that you've been demanding for nearly a year, Mark. Andy yes. has brewed the two beers. They are um, from the same base recipe, um, but they are split by their yeasts. So Tutti is an American APA that's been brewed with um, an owl yeast, and Fruity is a Saison that's been brewed with a Belgian yeast. So um, it's going to be an interesting show as we try those two beers, and we talk to Andy about the process that went into brewing and splitting those beers. And the process of you get elbowing your way into my idea and splitting the beers so you could actually get your little hot bomb. Well, right, if you had actually been an indie <laughs> man, you would have been able to stop that oh, conversation from happening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's all my fault. It is right, well, fault, that's... Yeah. <laughs> That's next week. Janice, Wayne and Ian, thank you very much for joining us this week. We look forward to having a few more episodes of season with your lovely faces and your lovely voices on the show with us. Thumbs up all round. Thanks for having us on, guys. Thanks for coming on. It's been a it's been a pleasure pleasure being on with you guys. Indeed. The Beer O'Clock Show is proud to be supported by Ales by Mail, your premier destination for bottled real ales delivered directly to your door. Visit alesbymail.co.uk and use the discount code BOCS10 for a 10% discount on their entire bottled range. Mate, yes, just just before we go, but, but this is um, quite important to me that I want to mention this. While, yeah. while we've been off air, um, I lost my mum to cancer. So um, I'd just like to dedicate this show to, to mum's memory. Um, I know she's smiling down on us somewhere, so cheers, Mum. Cheers, Steve's Mum. Cheers, Indeed. Steve's Mum. Much love to you and yours, Steve. Thank you all, guys. Really appreciate that. Until next week. Cheerio. <laughs>